0: Hello, this is Angela Schaefers, the host of Your Story Matters radio show. Today we have a very special guest, Srini Rao, and he is an entrepreneur, a successful radio show host, and co-founder of Blogcast FM, a speaker at Blog World, and he also hosts his own blog, School of Life. Hi, Srini. Welcome to the show. Hey,
1: Angela. How's it going?
0: Great, great. I'm so glad we finally got to connect. I know you've had a really incredible and busy schedule lately and you've been on a little adventure so that's cool and i'm looking forward to having you share that with some of our listeners but we before we talk about all that you're doing right now can you give the listeners some background into your history and kind of how all that you're doing now evolved like where did that passion and desire and the courage start for you to branch out on your own and do the many things that you've been doing
1: well, I think, like a, a lot of people that you'll find in the online world today it was uh it was really accidental. I graduated from business school in April of two thousand and nine, and the economy was kind of the way it is now, it, a little bit in shambles and it was it was actually really demoralizing because you know I'd spent two years in graduate school thinking that this was going to be the thing that really took my career to the next level, mm-hmm. and I myself literally broke at the age of Thirty-two, living at my parents' house, and not having a job, and I thought, you know, this is really no no way to live. Right. I saw this movie called The School of Life, and uh, something about it just inspired me. And I went to Sedona, Arizona, and I was sitting in in a in some new age hippie bookstore, and I thought, okay, this is all ridiculous. But I opened this book and it had, you know, a couple of things as to, you know, what my calling in life should be and one was to be a spiritual or religious leader and I'm not religious at all so that was, I thought that was kind of ridiculous. Uh-huh. The other was to write and writing had always been something that was of interest to me so somehow I had this idea to start a blog called The School of Life. I mean the reason I started it was mainly so that I would have a way to stand out when I was searching for jobs and I would have a way to, to basically stand out to an employer and have Something to keep me from going absolutely insane while I was un- unemployed. I needed a project. Mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. that I was interested in, something that could keep me busy. And it kind of took on a life of its own. Uh I didn't realize what it would become. I mean, it, it eventually did lead to a job, but it, it it's just kind of grown into into something more. I mean, it, it's connected me to this world of people and uh ideas that I never knew was at my disposal. Now it it really is a huge, huge part of my life. Uh you know, it, it's kind of what I'm known for. It's connected me to to people. It's led to opportunities to do things that I would have never been able to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just it's it's incredible. I mean, I always say, you know, what you have at your disposal with technology is access to a global network of inspiring people.
0: That's right. Absolutely. And you're one of them, of course. Let's go back a little bit though, because I mean it always sounds easy for people to say, Well, you know, I went to a coffee shop and was thinking <laughs> or reading this book and it just hit me and it's like but there were obviously things within your past like your childhood or early on, you know, maybe high school years. Where some of these things were instilled as far as having the courage to do something, you know, totally crazy or like not the norm or whatever. Talk to the audience about that and kind of where those things stemmed from and maybe if it was your parents or some other influence in your life that kind of gave you that entrepreneurial spirit. <coughs>
1: Well, I will tell you it was definitely not my parents. Uh, my dad is a college professor and my sister is in medical school. So you talk about two people who are on very conventional paths. To them, what I, I've done is kind of on, on the border, borderline of insanity. <laughs> a couple of different things. One is that uh, I honestly like when I've been in jobs, one, I never enjoyed almost any job I had.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I was never very good at any of them. And there was something that just didn't quite click. I don't know what it is. I mean, I had certain performance issues. Uh, I have severe ADD. I was diagnosed at the age of 27, which explained a lot about my earlier career. But there was something in me that basically was like, you know, I have issues with authority. I don't like dealing – I don't like being told what to do. Personally, I see that as a strength. So if an employer asked me in an interview, you know, what is your greatest strength, I would be like, well, it really depends how you look at it. I'm like, I have issues with authority. If they ask, you know, what's your greatest weakness, I would probably say the same thing.
0: Right, exactly. Uh,
1: it, it's, you know, it, it's all really a matter of perspective, but I'd gone through a series of jobs, you know, prior to business school and none of them really, they, they, I, you know, I always realized I was just going through the motions. Right. And, you know, it was just collecting a paycheck and that's what it was always about. It was never about doing work that was meaningful mm-hmm. and I had a boss, uh, I did a summer internship in social media at uh, TurboTax, uh, Intuit's consumer tax division and he actually at the end of the summer ma- decided not to make me an offer and I was really upset at the time but he told me something that, I, that still has stuck with me. He said, you know, I would be doing you a disservice if I hired you. Well that's not a really nice thing to say but I look at where everything is at now
0: right? and I realized
1: that he really did do me a service by, by not hiring me because I wouldn't have done everything that I did. So in many ways, I was forced into this, but I think I was forced into it probably because underneath it all, I'd always wanted to do something that was something I could call my own, something that I was in control of, right? Uh, and something that gave me the freedom. Now there was another thing that happened in my life during all of this, and I think this is another well-known fact online: is that I started surfing, and it was this really bizarre thing because I've never been into sports in my life. Uh, I've never not particularly athletic, but. It did something to me that sort of just ignited this passion inside that I'd never found in anything else I'd done in my life. And I, I just, I, you know, I, I wanted it to be a huge part of my life. And I thought, I'm like, this is it. I found something that defines me. I'm going to do this until I'm 80 years old or mm-hmm. until I can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the two of those things started to drive each other. You know, it was weird. I mean, I'd come out of the water inspired with new ideas to write about. And you know, I found it was my most creative time and eventually you know, I went – during this job search, I found that eventually I was like, wow, I'm like, you know, rather than spend all day looking for a job, I'm like, you can spend all day surfing and spend an hour a day looking for a job because really it only takes about an hour a day to look for a job.
0: And
1: <laughs> There's really only so much time you can spend online doing that each day right. if,
0: unless
1: you want to drive yourself crazy.
0: Exactly. Very true. Very true. For all those people seeking jobs, I think that's a very true statement. Is don't spend hours and hours killing yourself. Be very focused at a limited time. Right.
1: Well, it, not only that, it's demoralizing to spend all day looking for a job. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're focusing on what you don't have for the entire day. And so, I started basically spending. I would wake up in the morning, uh, and I would do whatever I needed to do. I would write for my blog. send out applications for jobs. And then I would just hit the beach, and before long, you know, people actually started to get worried. My parents even thought uh, that it no longer mattered to me to find a job. And mm-hmm. I said, "No, it matters." But I'm like, "Why would I sit around stressing out when I can be enjoying myself?" And something really strange happened in the midst of all this. I got to the point where it mattered. It did actually start to matter more to be able to surf. In fact, I started scheduling job interviews around surf conditions.
0: <laughs> Brilliant! I love it.
1: So and you know, it just it did something for the quality of my life that nothing Mm -hmm. had done and I knew from that point forward I was like, Okay, whatever I do, this still has to be a part of my life on a daily basis. I don't want to do anything that doesn't allow me to have this as part of my life because I realized it made me really, really happy. I mean it just my health improved, my, my quality of my life improved and I realized how important it was to have something in your life like that because I hadn't up until that point. You know, Mm -hmm. here I was, thirty-three, and I was like, "Wow!" I'm like, "No wonder I'm not truly fulfilled because I've never had anything that really, really lights my eyes up in this way." That was a big part of it. That Mm -hmm. that I think that that drove so much of what I did going forward. It's strange to think that something like a hobby could drive so much of your decisions in terms of your career and business. And I honestly, you know, it. It literally has changed my life in ways that I never thought it would.
0: Mm -hmm. I can see that. And I think that that in itself, doing something that you feel good about, that you're confident about, in turn presents an image of you that is speaking confidence and assuredness and really that feeling of I know what I want, I know what I need. And you want to put yourself in the right position, whether it's a job or a relationship or whatever, because it's all built into part of being successful and being happy, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny because I have friends who think that I'm unreasonable. You know, I told a friend, I'm like, you know what, if somebody, people are like, why don't you look for a job in Boston? I'm like, well, I'm not going anywhere where there's not an ocean. Right. And you may call me stubborn, but I'm like, why would I go to a job that's going to disrupt my quality of my life and happy people do good work? That's all it comes down to. When that's people right. are happy, they do great work because the work doesn't feel like work. Miserable people do lousy work
0: That's right, I totally agree with that. I want to go back just a little bit because I know you know sometimes people say, "Hey, I found my passion, I started to surf, I started to whatever, and it's not that simple. I mean, seriously, so did you go take a surfing lesson? Did you get on the board and bam, you could surf I mean, what tell us about that
1: uh, well, no, hard, hardly um, I couldn't even stand up the first fifteen times I went, uh, so it's funny because people always you know, I had friends who joked. They're like, "Dude, you don't have the kind of commitment that it takes to do this." Because I never, I had a habit of starting things and not finishing them. Uh-huh. In fact, it was uh, it, one of my friends, one of my old roommates, was kind of shocked. He said, "Wow!" He's like, "You have actually stuck with it for almost two years. I'm shocked." Mm-hmm. He said, "You know, in the time you lived with me, you started a lot of things that you never finished." So, part of it was just a, a commitment. I, I met somebody who told me once, "Go fifty times, and you'll be too invested to quit."
0: Mm, I like that.
1: And I thought, okay, well, you know, and at that time I was nowhere near 50 times, but I had gone and something happened. I think about the 15th time I went, I stood up and it was just this magic moment in my life. I'll never forget it to this day. I mean, it's one of those things like I want to go back to that place where I caught my very first wave. It's one of the things I want to do with my life. And in that moment, everything sort of changed because it was like all this thing, everything I'd been working towards, it finally clicked. And from that point forward, it was like, okay, you know what? I want to keep doing this. So mm-hmm. it, it took a lot of persistence. It really, it was brute force because I have no natural athletic ability. On my seventh grade basketball team, I was the most improved player, which basically means you're the worst player on the team.
0: <laughs> uh-huh, exactly. And at least you accept that and acknowledge that. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, that is really cool. I'm so glad to hear that someone is realizing that there's so much more to life than just the norm or the typical route that some people take and then often end up miserable in And I would love for you to share with the listeners some of what gives you the courage to live that kind of life. I mean, you've already said that, you know, even your family sometimes thinks you're borderline crazy. But what is it within you that you could share with others to encourage them that allows you to say, you know what, I know it doesn't seem normal. Sometimes it might not even feel completely normal, but this is me. This is my life.
1: Well, I will tell you, uh, it never feels normal. There are days with a lot of uncertainty, uh, especially a lot of what I'm going through right now. I mean, I'm by myself, I'm looking for a job despite having this, you know, substantial online presence. But I came to this realization, I think, a couple of years, sometime maybe a year or two ago, that if you had the choice between a life made up of experiences and one made up of possessions, the one made up of experiences would always be richer because you can't take anything with you when you die. That's right. And so that really kind of resonated with me and I thought, you know, what, you know, at the end of your life, you're left with nothing but the story Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and when it's made up of nothing but possessions, there's not much of a story. When it's made up of experiences, it's a story. That really will live on for generations, and and is rich. I mean, you will. You don't want to leave. I, I basically said, you know, I don't want to leave life feeling that there were things I missed out on or that I that are incomplete. Mm-hmm. And so I made that choice, and and I knew that it wasn't going to be the easiest road to make that choice. I mean, it's like I said, it's it had a lot of uncertainty in it. I read this really great quote the other day that one of my friends had on her wall. It was about entrepreneurship and what she actually put And She said it wasn't her quote, but entrepreneurship is living a few years of your life like most people won't so that you can spend the rest of your life like most people can't.
0: Love it. Yes. I think I've heard that too or read it. Maybe I read it on yours if you posted it. I love that. That is so true. That is so true.
1: And. I, I thought about you know, and that really I think really sums up kind of you know that answer to your question. I this is something I remember saying at a speech I gave to students, and I remember I used to joke with my friend about this, and he was like, "Boy, you're fool of yourself." And I, I would I would say, you know, I'm like, I said, ordinary lives are for ordinary people, and extraordinary lives are for extraordinary people. I was never meant to be ordinary.
0: Mm-hmm. Love it. That's, and, and I think that's true for all of us.
1: I think that, and the problem is that so many of us think that, you know, we we should be ordinary because we've been brainwashed into fitting in, and 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 we've only been—it's only until, you know, until recently, we've never known there are other options. Right. And because of technology, because of the things that are going on in the world, because of the way the economy is, people are finding different ways to do things and being more creative than ever before.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And. I think this is the beginning of of something much greater. In fact, you know, some people are, are saying, "Okay, we're in a recession." I think we're in the greatest time in history,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
1: I think this is we're we're in a, in an era that is going to leave a mark on the world in in very in ways that most people never will. In fact, I compared you know social media. I said, you know, in a lot of ways, we're we're basically what cavemen were to the people that came after them. you know, The, the way Saint people have looked at drawings on the insides of caves to tell the story of, of the time of mm-hmm. caveman, that's how people people are going to look at our blog posts, they're going to look at our Facebook updates and they're going to use this to tell the story of our time.
0: That's right. I totally agree with you and I think that's the thing. is We're almost being forced, if you will, to do something differently and to actually live out our purpose, to figure mm-hmm. out what that is for us individually and be that, become that, you know, work on that passion that drives us, and I, that's, I just love everything that you're saying, and appreciate that you're hopefully encouraging so many people who need to hear these things, and I would love for you to share, you know, what do you do, though, with the moments that you feel like, oh my God, did I really do this, or, or you're maybe stuck in a place of fear, or You're just not sure, okay, what am I going to do next because I don't even know what's coming next. Because those are the things that I think sometimes people need those little tips or words of encouragement to get through that hump, if you will.
1: It's interesting. One thing I realized a few days ago is failure and and, uh, adversity in our life don't make sense when – they don't make sense to us when they happen. Uh, but my dad always said there's a reason that everything happens. What he failed to tell me was that you won't be clear as to what the reason is when it actually <laughs> happens. there's a delay in, what, in that clarity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I look back often at, at the events of my life, and I and I think about how they all connect together. Steve Jobs said this in his graduation speech at Stanford, where he said the dots only connect in reverse; they don't make sense at the time they happen.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. And
1: I try to keep that in mind. One thing that Really, really changed things for me uh, was, you know, I, I went to this thing called a landmark forum, and you know, people have different opinions about landmark. I mean, I'm not going to talk about landmark, but there's something that came to my mind about how we approach situations, and I thought there's one question that would change everything that happens in your life, and that is if you approach every situation with a, the simple question instead of you know how do I get out of this mess, what's possible here.
0: Mm-hmm, exactly.
1: The, the whole new world of options open up. You're no longer thinking, okay, how do I get out of this mess? When you think about what's possible, literally you're, the world you – know, the options become endless and li- unlimited and, and you look at that and you're like, wow, any one of these things could happen. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll show you an example of what I'm going through right now. I basically was living in Costa Rica for six months. I moved there because my hours at the day – what was my day job got cut. Um, I recently found out that I've been let go from my day job, uh, effective at the end of this month. I mean I, I've been let go and, and the project is being tabled and at first I was like, this is a disaster. How am I going to get the hell out of this mess? I got to find a job but when I came to this conclusion, of, uh, you know, the, I, I sat down and thought about what's possible.
0: Mm-hmm. I thought,
1: well, it's possible that I may never need a job again if mm-hmm. I do this the right way. It's possible that this could be an opportunity to start with a clean slate. Uh, it's possible that this is going to be the thing that forces me to the next level
0: mm-hmm.
1: in terms of my own online efforts and my own business. And I'm realizing that maybe you know, the, the reason this is happening is because it was what was meant to happen. That's and right. I can focus all my efforts on this and and, and building what I want to build and, and the way and live the way live really the way I want to live where i 'm no longer dependent on somebody else
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know I, I just found out i'm going to be speaking at blog world and I thought you know well that's not a bad way to start a clean slate
0: that's right absolutely
1: uh, so I think that what we have to really when we get into these situations of uncertainty often there's a tremendous power in Hitting rock bottom in our life or having every safety blanket disappear. Right. In that now you have a clean slate to work with. Exactly. And there's uncertainty for some reason seems to lead to a lot of really interesting things in people's lives. In fact, I think that some of the most amazing accomplishments of people's lives are the result of adversity. Uh, I was watching this documentary on Pixar the other day and the creation of Pixar, and this is a this is a story that I, I want to share. John Lasseter is a guy that everybody knows as the genius behind Toy Story Uh, what is not known is actually what actually started Pixar was that John Lasseter got fired from Disney Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. they
1: just said they didn't need him anymore and if John hadn't been fired from Disney you gotta wonder what that future would have looked like right you know it's strange because to get fired from you know the job that you love at at that time and then to go on to basically create you know something that I mean he's worth millions of dollars now exactly, exactly and done, made far more of an impact than he ever would, I mean he had a dream he had a vision to make the world's first feature length animated film and it went on to win an Academy Award and now, I mean you know, the the story at Pixar is is what it is
0: right, exactly I, I think what you're saying is so key our perspective, I mean we totally have control of the perspective we decide to have of our situations and our circumstances and then just that thing about what is our passion, what is our dream, and letting that come to life. That's really what you've done, right? Well, uh,
1: it, it's in the process of coming to life, okay. I would say. There, there are moments you know, where I wonder what's going to happen next. I mean, I'm, I'm in, in this phase of incredible uncertainty right now, but as I said, it, it's forcing a lot of thinking that wasn't happening before, a lot of very creative thinking.
0: Mm-hmm. So tell the listeners then about the blog and how kind of what you're doing with that. and Okay you know, where that all has led to and how you've encouraged and inspired other people because I know so many people have read your blog and get so much out of it. And the comments alone, you can see that there's so much communication going on there.
1: As I mentioned, the blog is called The School of Life. It's called S-K-O-O-L, theschooloflife.com. Uh started about two years ago, uh, two and a half years ago and it's gone through this continual evolution and i finally came up with what i would say the theme really is and that's you know the things you should have learned in school and never did okay. i always tell people i'm like i'm overeducated underpaid and underfed you know, it's just kind of a joke but <laughs> I, I look at Education Because I come from a, a culture in which we place a, a huge value on traditional education.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: people judge you based on your education and the culture that I come from. I went to a top-notch undergrad, I went to Berkeley, I got an MBA and the irony of all that is none of that, I, I always joke, I'm like, the only thing that I get for my two degrees is a bill that comes in the mail and two pieces of paper that hang on the wall at my parents' house. I'm like, <laughs> I spent 150 grand on this, mm-hmm. like, it's not a good investment if you ask me. But you know so i started you know it's kind of evolved in this idea into the things we should have learned in school and never did mm-hmm. and over the last several years it's connected me to a lot of really interesting people it's led to jobs and contract work doing online work that i never would have been able to do uh, i've been able to speak at my alma mater i given speeches at conferences about content creation. And one of the interesting byproducts of it was that it actually led to my online radio show. I'd started this weekly series where I wanted to just interview people called Interviews with Bloggers. And – this actually speaks to to the nature of just starting something because I, I realize that where you start isn't going to be where you end up often.
0: Exactly. I had
1: no intention of starting an online radio show. All I wanted to do was start a blog and find a job. But one of the experiments I did was this weekly thing where I said I'm going to interview up-and-coming blogger. Well, after about 15 interviews, one of the guys I interviewed thought I had a skill for interviewing people. So he came back to me and he said, why don't you start a separate site where all you do is interview people because it doesn't make sense to to do this. And I thought, okay, well, you've got a point. And uh, so he and I ended up partnering together. We launched this thing called Blogcast FM. And it's basically a online radio show where we interview bloggers and social media experts and published authors. Over the last 18 months, I've interviewed 180 people. It's probably cemented me as an authority in the blogosphere. I mean, people, I, I've been lucky because I've gotten to talk to so many brilliant people. And I always tell people, I'm like, I don't really know anything. I'm just a byproduct of other people's brilliant advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, you know, it, it's led to a lot of interesting things. And I'm speaking at Blog World because of it. Uh, the site gets, the podcast gets about 30,000 downloads a month. Uh, we were featured on Pro Blogger's list of 40 bloggers to watch in 2011. So all these really, really unusual things that I never intended to happen have happened in my life, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's been amazing. I mean, I, I honestly I feel grateful for the fact that things didn't go according to plan.
0: Right, right. I can imagine, and I think with all that you're saying too, I'm sure you've learned so much from other people and seen so many other people who step out and really, you know, have the courage to find their passion to live it out. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, I would. Uh, I w- yeah, I would say that there's no question about that. I mean, I've seen some of the most inspiring stories I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, just unreal. It-, it blows my mind to see that people are going out and they're doing things in ways they've never done before. It's kind of mm-hmm. like I have a crazy idea, and they you know they go ahead and uh, they just do it. They don't even think about it anymore mm-hmm. because it's kind of like there's no reason not to.
0: So would you say that part of your life mission is to help create more, you know, inspiration in that area, more encouragement for people to go out and do what they really should do and want to do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I look at the school of life and I I say, okay, you know what, we all have unlimited potential. Somewhere along the way we got this idea that we have some sort of limit in terms of what we're capable of, but it's not true. Mm -hmm. There's opportunity now living a life that's full you know people always talk about all these crazy things that they want to do and it's just this list and it never really gets done whereas the people what's happening now is you're getting people who are showing you that it's possible to go out and live everything you want to live
0: that's right that's awesome which is what you're doing and that's great because it's encouraging and inspiring so many people and i would love for you to share just you know a few key tips if you will on where do they start, you know, because like you said, a lot of us have like hopes and dreams and we think we could do this or that or we think someday or we have this big list. Can you throw some tips out there for our listeners to help get them started down that path? Because really, I mean, it's like we can talk about it all day long, mm-hmm. but unless somebody starts doing something, they could be talking about the same thing 10 years from now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would say the first thing is just to take the first step, you know, that's, here, here's the thing. When you take one step in the direction of a dream, there's something very interesting that happens. It's like standing in two different places in the same room. What happens when you take that step is the view changes. You're going to see things that you don't necessarily see before you take that step because of where you're standing. And your perspective shifts and all of a sudden opportunities that might not have been there will emerge. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Take one step and make a point to take a step every day. because. Yeah. I think Chris Gilbo said it best. He's like, we underestimate what we can do in a year and we overestimate what we can do in a day. So what you have to realize is that things that don't seem like they're making an impact in the short term have a compound effect over the long term.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. So, do something every single day. I mean, for me, that means writing every single day. You know, whether whatever it is, it it, it it might mean talking to somebody who can help you make that dream happen every day. You know, reach out to somebody who who has you know the potential to help you make your dream happen. Find somebody who's doing what you want to do. Because right. I guarantee you, they're out there. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced that we're at a point now where anything you want to learn, you can learn for free because there's mm-hmm. somebody online teaching you how to do it.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and someone that you can look to as a mentor, someone that you can you know have as a role model. Absolutely true.
1: Yeah, I mean that, that that's one big thing is finding a mentor, or a role model. Um, you know, so many people ask me is like, should everybody start a blog or does somebody everybody need to have an online presence? No, not necessarily. Will it make a difference in your life? Yes, because what it'll do is it'll connect you to people,
0: mm-hmm.
1: people that you might never otherwise meet. I mean, that's. That's what I what I what blew my mind about something like Twitter which I used to hate was that all of a sudden it connected me to all these people. I mean, I got a free place to live in Costa Rica for 6 months because of a relationship I have online.
0: That's awesome. I love it.
1: You know, it, it's I mean and and that's why I, you know, rather than submit resumes, I'm leveraging the network I have online to get the word out about the fact that I'm searching for a job.
0: Mhm. Mhm. Absolutely. And I think that too is a key thing right there is the connections that we make you know that we can build relationships all over the world as you mentioned and that is so critical to our dreams unfolding and being able to really live out our passion we need other people we need connections and as you said the big key word I think these days is leverage how are you using your leverage to make your dreams come true?
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting you bring up leverage because, you know, I've been thinking more and more strategically about leveraging what I've already done as opposed to creating more work for myself.
0: I like that too. And that's, yes, I've heard a lot of people mentioning that too. And not just recreating or doing more of what you've already done, but looking out there and finding other people who have done things that you don't need to recreate or redo. And mm-hmm. how do we bring that together to create success, right?
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Love it. Thank you, Shrini so much for your thoughts and for sharing a part of your story and again I hope that people will check out your blog. There's so much encouraging and inspiring stuff and, and just stuff that, like you said, we all need to know and sometimes we just don't think about learning certain things but they do help along the way and I encourage you and your endeavors and look forward to seeing what's next for you.
1: Oh, Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to, to be on your show.